Come get loud and show the world the power of the pack for your USAS Huskies. All tickets and information at huskytickets.com. Something to let you know about. I have got four tickets for the New Year's Eve rush game. On the 31st, obviously, that's when New Year's Eve is. They're taking on Albany at home, Sastel Center, 7 p.m. Puck drops? No, ball drops. Yes, sure. I'm going to be giving those away uh, along in the sports at some point this morning, so make sure you're listening for that. Speaking of fun things to do in Saskatoon, because if you haven't been to a Rush game yet, you need to go. Uh, and there's just something about a New Year's Eve game of any sport. It's just kind of cool. Uh, but I did go to the Enchanted Forest yesterday, and Sunday nights, pretty popular time to go. There was a bit of a lineup, but it moved very, very well. Uh, I just wanted to talk about one of the things that you really do have to consider when taking a toddler to something like this and it is ensuring they use the bathroom before you go um even limiting fluids beforehand great idea i'm oh you're having supper and you're really thirsty sorry we're going to enchanted forest later i just i have this fear of hearing those words in the car mom i have to pee when you're in a line of cars going what eight kilometers i don't even know what the speed limit is there it's very slow do you make them hold it and hope they don't wet their pants or do you like jump out, pop a squat, and then run back up? I just, it freaks me out. I don't ever want to deal with that situation. It is a lot to think about, but I just can't stress enough. Plan accordingly for Enchanted Forest. Bring snacks. Fiona fell asleep in the lineup uh, just before we got to the gates. And I was like, you cannot fall asleep as soon as we get here. Like, we haven't even seen the lights yet. Had snacks in my purse. Boom. That being said, she was like absolutely ready to go. Totally perked up, thankfully. That being said, it was gorgeous. They've added another two and a half kilometers of lights to see this year. It's so well organized. It was so, so nice, even without the snow. So, highly recommend. I am also currently playing a very dangerous game. I still don't have winter boots. I got rid of my winter boots from last year because they were like a good six, seven years old. They didn't owe me anything. I worked, I wore those out. But now I'm without proper winter footwear and I have been this whole time. I'm just riding this like El Nino weather out until the last possible minute, which who knows when that's going to be. There's still no snow in the forecast, but then like what if all of a sudden there is? I'm screwed. And it's kind of embarrassing, but it's come down to me just not knowing what to buy because... This is so, I just like saying it out loud, sounds ridiculous. I've been wearing a slight flare jean or boot cut. And so certain boots that I really like look ridiculous with that cut of jean. So then I'm like, well, do I have to wear skinny jeans in order to wear these boots that I like? Am I the only one that has this issue? Because obviously it's ridiculous and 100% self-inflicted. I'm very well aware of that. But it's just, I don't know. Footwear, it's such a big investment. I'm going to be wearing these things every day. They have to look decent, but also keep the snow out. And they have to keep my feet from freezing. (sighs) Anyway, or I could just like go full Sorrel all the time and not give a flying, you know what, what anybody else thinks. There's that option too. So anyway, that's my TED Talk on my winter footwear. Thank you. One thing I do love is learning about Canada. Obviously, like the big important history stuff. It's fascinating. It's part of who we are. But also like the quirky, somewhat pointless facts that aren't really going to be benefiting me in any way whatsoever. Those are fun. For instance, did you know in eastern Canada, they call Christmas oranges clementines, not mandarins. 
All the Christmas oranges we get here in Western Canada, we get mandarins. That's just how it is and how it's been for a long time. But out east, they get clementines. But just like there are different types of apples, obviously there are different types of oranges. Mandarin and tangerine, interchangeable. Same thing. Didn't know that. Why have two names? That's ridiculous. Uh, but even though a clementine is a type of mandarin, they're just never sold under a mandarin label. It's an actual, like, specifically, this is a clementine. One of the mandarin varieties most popular in Western Canada for us is the satsuma. That's probably what we're eating. So anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It's your quick little Christmas orange background. Um, I also just wanted to talk about this because I wanted to let you know how much I love Christmas orange boxes. <laughs> I'm on my third box this season, and aside from, you know, obviously the oranges being delicious... As a box lover and collector, the boxes are the best. They're so rigid, they're so square, they're durable, they're practical, and I just, I feel like a huge loser saying that out loud right now, but it's true. This is really interesting. Recent evidence has suggested people are so time-pressed and impatient, it's, it's worse than ever. And I can't agree with this more, especially in traffic for me. Anyway, I am, ugh, my patience in traffic is non-existent. Uh, but what about lineups, right? How do you do in a lineup? Are you, like some people will do anything possible to avoid standing in a lineup. They hate it. Like they'll online shop or they'll go to another location or just avoid the purchase altogether. Um, and then there's also the people that show up somewhere like as soon as it opens. Yes, I'm looking at you, my dad. It's <laughs> at Costco like as soon as it opens. A professor of consumer psychology, which that area I find so interesting, um, says customers will actually like pick other stores just based on lineups. If they know that there are bad lineups at a certain store, they just won't go there. And so it's bad for business to have long lineups. The consumer psychologists have tips and ways for you to deal with these lineups, you guys. Write these down. One, manage expectations. You have to know going into a retail store at Christmas or like Ikea on a Thursday that you're going to have to wait in line. So you need to know what to expect. Don't act shocked when you see a lineup at Ikea, okay? That was the one suggestion. The other one was like distraction, right? Go on your phone, phone your sister, blah, blah, blah. Their other suggestion was to turn around and get to know the person behind you. Are you kidding me, consumer psychologist? If it, That's the last thing that I want to do is have someone turn around and strike up a conversation with me. A stranger in a lineup? No. I'm already antsy and trying to get out of there. And if you're going to turn around and start, got all your Christmas shopping done? No, thank you. I'm just going to be on my phone. That's it. I was just chatting a little while ago about uh, Christmas boxes. Well, I guess oranges initially about how out east they call them clementines. Here we call them mandarins, whatever. I really just wanted to talk about the boxes. Christmas orange boxes are the best. They are so perfect for Christmas ornaments, uh, wrapping presents, if you wanted to do that. Um, I've stored crafts in there before. They're nice and rigid. They're easy to get into. I'm a dork and I love collecting boxes. Whatever. The thing is, on the Cruise Facebook page, I posted saying, you know, like, what do you do with your empty orange box? And a lot of people, yeah, they use them for Christmas ornaments or wrapping presents. And then it just turned into this conversation about, oh my God, where did you find Christmas oranges? Are we in the midst of a Christmas orange shortage right now? Because some people are like panic mode, can't find them anywhere. Um, bless, where was it? Somebody texted they live in Moose Jaw and they don't even have boxes of Christmas oranges. 
so straight. Oh, Moose Jaw. Joel was in Moose Jaw. Anyway, regardless, um, I don't know if there's a shortage or like just maybe not a lot of them right now, but I got mine at the Sobeys in Preston Crossing. Uh, they were on sale and there were a lot of them. And this was on Saturday. If you know where there's a bunch of Christmas oranges, let me know and I'll share it and then we can all be happy for Christmas. Because you need oranges at Christmas, right? I was talking, I think it was last week, about the the naming of colors, right? And how ridiculous it can be sometimes and how hard it must be to actually name colors. Because there was that article about 2023's color of the year is uh, peach fuzz. Which I thought was strange because I automatically think of like puberty and awkwardness. But no, it's a velvety, gentle peach, all embracing spirit and mind, body, whatever. <laughs> That's how the Pantone Institute describes it. But then it, you know, it's, it's a weird thing naming colors. And I found this article about like how it happens. There's a guy, he works for Cloverdale in Surrey, BC. He's proud because he's named between seven and 800 colors for Cloverdale. That I guess are those good numbers. I don't know. He said he listed beeswax, okra, creme brulee as some of his notable namings. I was like, those are things, man. Like, you can't take credit for that. You can't take credit for like this color looks like beeswax. I'm calling it beeswax. Amazing, Kevin. Amazing. Anyway, he did go into a bit of detail on like how he names things and oh, you know, you could find inspiration in nature. Uh, somebody was particularly proud of the color maple, autumn maple. Again, dude, it's a season and it's a tree. I don't, I get it. You know, you find inspiration, but I'm talking about where are the details on all the weird names that people name things. Like I was talking about lipstick and stuff like that. Where are all the inspirations for that? I just saw that there was a paint color called Dead Salmon. And Snuggle Puss. It's purple. And Careless Whisper, which is a beautiful creamy shade. That's the dirt I want. Congratulations going out to Rory. He scored uh, the tickets for the Rush game. New Year's Eve, Sastel Center, obviously, here at home, 7 p.m. It's going to be a great time. If you've never, I said before, like if you've never been to a Rush game before, they're so much fun. A New Year's Eve game for the Rush at Sastel Center, packed house, so much going on. And I, like, I've been obviously to Rush games before, but I've never been to a New Year's Eve one. I've only heard amazing things about it. There's something about being at a sports game. Sports game? Why does that sound so weird? Just being out at an event, uh, like a sports event on New Year's. It's just not traditional. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm usually like the house party, New Year's Eve type of person, right? Where it's like, I don't have to go out. I just have to take a cab home from wherever we are, that sort of thing. Um, but going to a game on New Year's Eve is really fun. I've heard nothing but great things. Like I said, um, that turns the discussion again, of course, to you know the big question. Oh, are you got any plans for New Year's? And I've talked about that before. There's so much pressure on the New Year's you know what are you doing are you ripping like they I, I wonder if people expect like well first we're starting with appetizers on a boat you know what i mean like they are you expecting this big elaborate discussion about what your plans are like what if you're like no i'm just staying home you know like you don't want to put someone on the spot and make them feel bad for their plans anyway if you want an easy answer to that question what are you doing for new year's 
just go to the Rush game. Problem solved. You're going to have a blast. Rush are looking for win number two. It's going to be a good time. I'll have another four-pack tomorrow. Cruise FM. That is Phil Collins in the air tonight. 96.3 Cruise FM. I know I was just talking about New Year's and I know this has been done before and maybe it's not a thing anymore, but if you play in the air tonight by Phil Collins on December 31st at 11.56 p.m. and 40 seconds, if that's when you start it, the drum break will play right as the clock strikes midnight, you guys. I've done this before, and granted, uh, beverages had been had, and I don't know if maybe the situation wasn't quite as amazing as I thought it was, but you know what? It was great. It was so much better than, and you can do this with a bunch. Like, I forget how to search for what this is, but you can do it with lots of songs where, like, a really big, impactful part, whether it's a guitar solo, drum fill, whatever, plays right at midnight. It makes the cheers at midnight a little more fun as opposed to, like, 10, 9, you know? That sort of thing, especially if it's a smaller group. It's just something different. I highly suggest it. Once again, start the song at 11.56 and 40 seconds p.m., obviously, just before midnight. Right when New Year's hits, that drum beat kicks in. Holy cow. If you're missing Husky games, you're missing out. Game schedules and tickets available at huskytickets.com.